Awesome, all of you. I'm so thankful for you. Oftentimes the praise and worship team are taken for granted in many places, but I'll tell you I'm very thankful for each and every one of them. And our services wouldn't be the same without the praise and worship. You see, I'm setting the stage for all of us. I'm telling you, if you don't hear nothing else today, you'll hear, well, how great is our God. And that's who we're here to lift up today. Yes, we're here to lift him up and to praise and magnify his wonderful name. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke on fear. And as I was meditating this morning to come up, I had that song, and I had another one that we used to sing, a chorus that we used to sing. It's all right, John. I won't ask you to sing it with me. It's an old chorus, and you know, a lot of the old choruses, they come to me in the prayer meeting, they come to me through the night, and they speak volumes to me. They're in my memory, and I bring that back to my memory, and, and they're all about uplifting God. Robert, that's going to come, he wrote many of the songs that we sing as a family, the Cameron family. He was, he was gifted by, by uh, song uh, writing and, and singing and praising and leading and praise and worshiping. I think there's a tremendous value as we come together and we worship the Lord and we lift up his name. You know, it's an opportunity for us, and I've said it before, that we can draw a line in the sand and we can walk out of nothing and into something, into his presence. And that's what it is. It's not something to pass an idle hour, but you'll often find the words of the songs are the key things that bring us in to leaving here, not the same old way as we came, but wonderfully changed in Jesus' name. And I don't want you leaving here the same way as you come. If you can get anything, whether it be the word of a song, something somebody else has said, a pat on the back and a way in, or something that's given of the word, then I want you, and you think it's relative to you, I want you not just to listen to it and hear it, but I want you to apply it to your heart and to your life and to your family and to your, uh, if I'm encouraging you to love your wife and, and to bless your wife or your husband, whichever way it is, if I'm encouraging you to do that and you think, well, you know, the pastor's right, that's a good thing to do. Well, apply that and you'll see that you'll get all the brownie points later on. Amen? The song that I go at the old chorus is, Why should I fear when the Lord is on my side? Why should I fear when in his love I hide? He is to me my fortress and my rock. Tell me, why should I fear? Why should you fear this morning when the Lord is on your side? Why should you fear when in his rock you can hide? And you can place your love and you can speak to him. And uh, when, when Paula was sick with that accident that she had and there was brain damage and all kinds of things and the doctors didn't give Robert and Martha much hope. That was the doctors that didn't. And we have Dr. Crudgeton here and I love doctors. She's my niece. And I love my medical nurses that will look after me if anything happens to me. I'm not saying nothing about that, but they decided that they wouldn't believe the report of the doctors they were going to believe the report of the Lord. And I'm here this morning to encourage you. It's not over yet. The big lady hasn't sang. All right? The Lord is still on the throne. It's only what you've been told. You haven't got the end result. I've been sick since September. 
and hurting and pain. You'll see something a little bit later on. It'll maybe allow you to realize why uh, I haven't been dancing for a while. And I just feel so good this morning. I feel so good. Praise the Lord. I had a, an operation on, what day? Uh, Ten days ago, and uh, had a huge kidney stone taken from my back. They put a tube in through my back and uh, into my kidney, and then they went up through that tube and got this thing, big old thing, and took it out. And uh, I, I haven't had a pain here since then. And I, of course, don't have a kidney stone pain because it's gone. Hallelujah. And it's not even Easter, and the stone's been rolled away. Hallelujah. I'm free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I am very happy this morning. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7 in the NIV, it says love, because I was going to speak on love this morning, because this is Valentine's time. This is where we go out and we spend a little bit of money and a card and some roses and chocolates, apart from Michael, because Gloria doesn't like roses, nor nor flowers, but uh, he gives her other things in place of that. But uh, most of the ladies, they love to get their flowers and, and chocolates. I just don't know why it's just the ladies that gets the gifts and the guys, we just don't get nothing. All we get is to run around town to make sure you make it happen. But I'll tell you what, my reward might be coming, might be in heaven. Love always protects. It always preserves. That always can be, that always can always often be a, an issue for us as we are unable in our own strength to do that by always believing and trusting in the Lord. We should do. Pastor John used to say, well, I've never questioned God. Well, I have. I'm not there where he was. But I have had questions. I do have questions. I do have things. And uh, I'm not, uh, so it just shows you how still a lot of the old clay feet still on me yet. But uh, I'm pushing towards the mark, towards the high calling. Hallelujah. He's our strength. But leaning and trusting on him enables us to do that, to always look to him, to always appreciate, to always follow what he's, he's teaching us to do, always. Let there always be there to happen in your life and in our church. We have never to allow the pain, and this is a word that I've just got recently. And listen to what I'm saying, because it might apply to where you are, because it has applied to me just recently. As you know, Sister Gwen has been very, very ill. I've known Gwen since I was 19 years old. But she's not the only reason, but there are things, the, the, pain of, the pain of our circumstances now, we've never to allow that pain of the circumstances that we're facing, we've never to allow that to detain us or to detach us from our faith in Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we can go through pain and we can't see nothing, we can't see the Lord's hand upon us, we can't see how he can bring us through the lowest valley or the different, we, we just can't see it. We just can't see it. But you see, we are thinking with our minds. But you see, God is on the throne. And it's him that we're putting our faith in. 
not in our faith nor our strength. And he's got to have his hand upon you. And he has his hand upon you. And he's going to bring you through that valley experience, although you can't see it now. And I'm encouraging you today, don't allow the pain. You see, it's painful for me to see any of my brothers and sisters that are hurting or going through different circumstances. When you love someone and you care for someone and they're a friend of yours, and if we are Christians, there's a love that we have within us for that person. So it pains me to see different ones. Old Jim's been troubled with his back. He can't get around. He's been walking in his hands and, and feet and different. It pains me to realize that he's going through that valley experience. It pains me when I went through the valley experience for myself. It pains me to realize that Sister Gwen is going through this valley experience and all I can do, now I, I'm a great believer in doing all I can do and all I have to, is to uh, only thing I can do is to leave the rest to God because he's the one that does the miracles. He's the one that we're praying to. That it's, we've asked for these miracles and it can only be a miracle in some cases it bring somebody through. Robert and Martha, whose report will you believe? We're going to believe the report of the Lord. So never allow the pain of our circumstances to determine our faith. Our faith. Don't let it take away from the faith that you have, the belief that you have, that God is going to bring you through. That's an awesome nugget now. That's an awesome nugget. It took me a wee while to grasp it. But if you can grasp it and realize what I'm saying and realize it, how great is our God? He's a great, great God. He's a wonderful heavenly Father. He's a good, good Father. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Peter 5 through 6 and 7 and 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Bless you, my man. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a few dollars to himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise. Bless you. Humble yourselves. There's verse 6, 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Let's say it again. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him. Now, that's easier said than done. But if you can do it, if you can grasp it, and you can push on through, I'll tell you there's a secret there. Cast all your care in him. Because Jesus cares for you. He's interested in everything about you. He's interested about your husband, your wife, your children, your finances, your health, everything. He cares for you. Verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The lion was used to describe that verse because the devil, as the devil, because the lion is known as the most powerful most deadly predicator that there is. That's who's walking around in our midst. 
as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's me and you. That's all of us here today. He's actively seeking whom he can destroy and devour. And it's really hurt my spirit over this last few weeks as many of our congregants have had illnesses, but not just illnesses, silly little full moon things that come against them and that tear them down, ones that have walked well, are going well and doing well, and this uh, enemy comes to try and destroy us. And let me tell you, if he can't get to you, he'll get to your husband. If he can't get to your husband, he'll get to your children. If he can't get to your children, he'll get to your family. If he can't get to your family, he'll get to your finances. If he can't get to your finances, he'll get to your, he'll find a way. He'll find a way where there's no way to get through, to try and make you slip and for you to, to be affected in some way or another. My spirit has really been as a pastor here. I've maybe allowed the uh, pain of my present circumstances to deter me a little bit from where I should be. I know where I need to go. I know where my strength lies. I know where my peace comes from. And it comes from him. It comes from Jesus. And I can find it in his word. There's a verse there for you. There's an encouraging word there for you. Why do I know that? Because he loves you. And I know that many a times, all that I've been able to bring me out of a valley or a deep, dark hole is the word of the Lord. But you see, I've got to apply it. And I've got to believe it. And I've got to stand on it. It's there. But maybe we could just hear it. But we don't do nothing about it. It's there for you and I this morning. My peace has been disturbed. Through the night when I got this message, I thought about Lieutenant Dickens. If he knew some of the times when he was in here about how my peace has been disturbed and how I've been disturbing the peace in my own spirit, He'd have had me arrested and locked up for disturbing the peace. <laughs> you know, there are things that we put ourselves through that we do know better, but we just, just can't make ourselves take that step into trusting the Lord. So my peace has been taken from me, and a lot of the times it's through my own stubborn mind or my lack of faith or my lack of belief in the Lord. It's there, I know, I know what to do. I've been through it. He's taken me through before. But yet, there's those things that would, would stumble us and hold us back. And the enemy uses that, the devil, like a roaring liar, seeking whom he can devour. In James 4, it says to you this, you have not because you ask not. It's time for us if we have a need in our lives that we ask of the Lord. We don't have it because we don't ask of it. I encourage you today to, to ask of it. My new car that God blessed me with has a GPS. And this thing is amazing. And we, I use Waze, W-A-Z-E. And that thing will 
You put it there where you want to go and it'll tell you how to go. It'll say, come on, on the loudspeaker, it'll say, caution, car parked on the side of the road. It tells me what's coming ahead of me, what I'm going to face in just a little while. Caution. And then it says, uh, there's a stop, uh, a car stopped at the side of the road. That's one of the things it says. And you get a little thing flashing up and you can just press and say, thank you. Or it says, caution, police reported up ahead. And sure enough, there's police up ahead. Trust me, I pay attention to that. I only pay attention so that I could slow down and just give my wave and a wave past. It's the only reason. Have a smile on my face, but that's what it tells you. It's telling you what's coming ahead of you. And it's coming what you've got, to, it'll tell you what you've got to face in not too long. It's a fantastic thing. I don't really know how we manage to get around without it. But they have no comparison, your GPS, and I want you to be careful to what I say, to the Bible. I'm going to use this as an analogy of the GPS warning you what's coming. And there are certain things it comes up with that I pay more attention to than others, like beware, the police, the police are up ahead. I don't know why I bother about that so much, but I do. I'm concerned in case they need my help or anything, you know. So I don't know how we would manage to use them. But the Bible, it teaches us how to live our lives. That's the Bible that you carry. And that's the Bible that you read. That GPS tells you certain things that are good for us to be aware of. Different situations, an, arc, an accident up ahead or roadblock or whatever it is, they'll tell, it'll tell you. But the Bible, it tells us how to walk, how to talk, how to love, how to live how to overcome, how to trust, how to treat others. The Bible teaches you all those things. It also teaches you how to be a father, how to be a mother, how to be a husband, and how to be a wife. Isn't that fantastic? But do we pay attention to what that says? No, we pay attention to some things that would maybe feel important to us. But all these things are important. It also teaches us how to handle different situations that are ahead of us, or that are coming towards us, or caution, this might be coming your way. It tells you all those things. In Luke 8, there was a woman who had been ill for 12 years. It's the woman with the issue of blood in the Bible. And she had this problem a long time. I had my problem since September, and it caused me a lot of heartache, headache, pain, money, costs for doctors, medicine, anxiety, not knowing what was going to sort. I actually had thought, well, maybe I've got something else going on down there, but I didn't know what it was. And it causes you all this anguish. How many of you have had anguish? I, had, I thought it was something else going on down there, that I would have to be 
and I'd just spoken two weeks before on fear. And these, these fearful things would, would go on in the back of your mind, although I never voiced it, but that was going on in, in, my, in my spirit. But this w woman had been ill for 12 years with an issue of blood. She had spent all that she had going to see doctors to no avail. In fact, the Bible says, none the better, rather the worse. She'd done all she could, spent all she had, tried everything that she could do in herself. She had heard about Jesus, and she knew he was the only hope that she had. How many of us realize this morning? Go ask you a question. That Jesus is our only hope today. He is the only one that can bring us through the situations that we are facing, the news that we hear from the doctors, our financial troubles, uh, things not going on well at work, your relationship with your wife, you're not doing too good with her. In fact, uh, for the first time in our lives, we slept in separate beds, Maggie and me. Yep. Oh, do you want me to give them a reason? The reason was that I have a high bed. And when I come out of the hospital, I couldn't get into the high bed. So my son-in-law has brought down this single bed, a little low bed that I could get in. So that's the reason why I slept in a separate bed. But we weren't, we weren't having troubles, was it, dear? No, not that I know of anyway. So uh, that's the first time that I've ever had to do that in my life. But it was through circumstances. I'm hoping I never need it again. <laughs> but leave me your number and I'll give you a call. And uh, she realized that Jesus was our only source. Jesus was our only solution. Many times we send out these blankets that Ursula makes, and, uh, and they've all been prayed for. And you know, some people are healed through receiving them. Others just have that hope. It gives them a hope. As we pray for them over the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it gives them the hope. This woman had no hope. She tried everything. Jesus was the only hope she had. And she felt in her own spirit, in her own mind, have you ever been like that? If only. If only I could just get around the corner. If only I could just go an extra 10 miles and I'll have enough gas to get there. Or in different, if only I could. That's how she felt. In her spirit, she felt that only I could touch the hem of his garment. I believe I would be healed. That's what she said. But you see, there was crowds all around him looking for different things. But she was desperate. She didn't know where to turn or what to do. She only knew that she had to push through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. Jesus said, as she touched the hem of his garment, all those crowds, everybody around him pushing and carrying on, he felt the power drain from him. He felt the healing power drain from him as she touched the hem of his garment. You see, there was something different about her touch. She was desperate. He felt the power leave him. She was healed immediately. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That we can just touch the hem of his garment and we can receive that. I've seen people. I've seen it with my own eyes.
people being healed immediately as they've pushed through their circumstances and God has healed them and touched them. And she was immediately healed. He says, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Jesus was the answer for her. And Jesus is the answer for you. And I know Jesus is the answer for me too. In Luke 17, as Jesus was teaching, some men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they had worked very hard. They got together realizing that the only hope for this friend of theirs who was paralyzed was for him to go and to meet with Jesus. Our only hope today is to meet with Jesus. And your, the, the friends thought enough of, of him that they got together with a stretcher and they went through ca all kinds of difficulties and obstacles. How many of us have had obstacles that have come our way when we're trying to get through to the Lord? How many of us have had circumstances come up in our lives that have held us back or, or put blinkers on our eyes so that we can't focus on what we're doing? These men felt so much for their friend and realized what he needed that they went out of their way. They went the extra mile to take him in the stretcher and get him. But you see, they couldn't get through again. They couldn't get through the crowds. They had to be desperate. They had to think outside the box. They had to think of a different way how to get through to the master, how to get through to Jesus with a friend whose only hope to get out of that stinking bed was to lay before the master. So they saw a stairwell up the side of a house at that time, flat roofs, and they struggled. Imagine if you somebody like Jimmy and you're taking him on a stretcher <laughs> up that, that stairs. I mean, it's not easy to do. Welcome home, Jimmy. Missed you. But can you imagine the stress and the strain that they had to get up onto the roof? And they couldn't get through. The only way that they could get through was to remove the tiles from the roof. And then what they did was they lowered him down onto the floor, on his bed, at the feet of Jesus. They did it because they loved him. Hallelujah. That's what we do as Christians. When we're helping our brother and sister, when we're encouraging our brothers and sisters, we get, make a way, some way, somehow, to get them before the master. It could be in prayer. It be, could, could be asking someone else to pray. It could be sending them a blanket. It could be encouraging them. It could be doing something for them so that they look to you and they'll see that there's something different about you, that you care for them. And that the only way that we can do that, it's a, it's a love that can only come from the master. And they laid them before Jesus. Hallelujah. Through the roof. And the Lord them down in his bed at the feet of Jesus. Verse 20. This is what it says in the Bible. When he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of his friends, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. He said to the man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. What am I trying to say this morning? 
If it had not been for his friends going the extra mile to get him there, possibly that man would never have been healed. I am not asking this morning for us today in this congregation, because I'm going to ask you to do something in just a little while. I'm not asking you to do anything physical or to do what they did or carry them down. What I am calling, I've had so many friends that I can look at right now in this church over the last month or so that had an attack of the enemy, of the devil. It's the only way you can put it, through sickness and through illness. As you know, Sister Gwen is in a desperate situation, and I know you've been praying for her, and I know that you love her. But I've been led in the Lord, and I've been asked also if we could have a prayer meeting on Sunday night for Gwen as we come before the Lord on her behalf as we join with her faith. She has pushed through. She's lived a wonderful life and is living a wonderful life. But as her friends and as a congregation, I'm asking that whoever can be here on Tuesday night at seven o'clock, for us Tuesday night at seven o'clock, if you can't make it, that's all right, you can pray for us. But I would like for a number of us to be here to have a time of prayer especially for Gwen, just like the woman with the issue of blood. She knew and she was desperate. And I believe Gwen's desperate and I'm desperate to see her healed. And just like the man that took the man on the bed and they pushed through the crowd and they thought outside the box and they did all these different, overcome all these different obstacles. And I'm asking us, Today, on Tuesday, we'll have a time of prayer at communion. And if you can make it on Tuesday night from 7 and, and pass it on, and we'll just have a time of just looking to the Lord and pushing through for her miracle. I believe she's had a miracle. I truly believe that. Circumstances don't look like that. But to have, to have the illness that she has, and I had it for two and a half years, and normally people yeah. only make it about six months. To me, it's a miracle. And uh, I love her, and I, I want to stand with her. In Second Chronicles, Second uh, Chronicles 7, verse 14, it says these words, If my people, that's you and me, Christians, if my people, who are called by my name, his name, Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Hallelujah. We're asking for, uh, we've got different political alliances and the state of this country is in now with uh, this one not liking that one, and no love and no caring, and rumors of wars and wars and difficulties. It says, if my people, if we care enough for this country, I recently became an American citizen, my wife Maggie and I, and I care dearly for this country, uh, and uh, 
I love this country, I love this land, I love the USA, and I love the people. And I care enough that I'm willing to humble myself and turn from my wicked ways and pray. And I believe I'm going to hear from heaven and the Lord will forgive their sin and heal their land. Warning. I've given you some instructions. Police ahead. If you're driving your car and you're going a little bit over the speed limit, you do pay attention to that GPS. But more importantly this morning, I want you to pay attention to what the Lord says. I've said enough today. I pray that you maybe take something from it. I know that I did as I received it through the night. And I pray that you'll receive, uh, I pray God will give me an anointing that I've passed it over the way that he gave it to me. If you're facing a situation today and you feel that you've got no hope, let me tell you, you have hope. You have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. People might tell you this thing or that thing, and it, yeah, possibly. The doctor said to me, he thought I had a kidney stone. Once he gave me an MRI, he confirmed I had a kidney stone. But he didn't know what was going on in other places. So I listened to what he says, and I went along with what he had. But when I was on that table, got a way to be operated on, on that slab, I said to myself, I told Maggie when I come up the stairs, I said, man, I felt really apprehensive. I felt, man, this is more involved than I thought it was going to be. So, of course, my wife, being all knowledgeable that she is, she says to me, well, what did you think you were going to happen to you? I mean, goodness me, you're going in for an operation. What did you think? What was you thinking? But it was, it was bigger for me as I'm lying there when it finally came to place. And, I'm sure, and then the, the fear goes on in your mind. But that, hey, it was too late to change the paths I've trod when I'm lying on the slab. Listen to me today, folks. God is good. He's done us well. Could I see that slides, Christy, please? Could you give me Matt first? Matt. The back with a zip. Zach, sorry, Zach first. I changed his name. That's Zach Simpson. He just got out of hospital yesterday. Many of you know that he had a horrendous car accident and they thought he was going to be crippled. He wasn't going to move from here down. Paralyzed. Paralyzed. I got a text from sweet Debbie and Eugene. And that, that zip goes all the way down his back. And uh, he's at home. But I want you to be praying for him. Praying for him. That's just one of the things that's happened. Next. That's my kidney stone right there. That's a big stone, let me tell you. It was so big that I asked Maggie if she would like me to put it in a ring so I could give it to her for Valentine's. Well, she wasn't too happy about it, but I was thinking that would be the most valuable stone that she's ever had in a ring. Praise God. That was in my back, and uh, I'll tell you, it was very jagged, and every time you moved, the doctor says it would tear into my to my insides. I have 
People like Gwen, who are facing the circumstance she has. Joy and Bill have just had bad news. Jim hasn't been able to come to the prayer meeting because his, he's been attacked health-wise. Another friend of mine uh, over there has uh, had an MRI yesterday and uh, is waiting for results. He's got pain in her back and can hardly stand the pain. You see, we have to be aware of the devices of the enemy. And we have to realize afresh where we take our problems to. Who we cast our cares on. Cast your care upon the Lord, for he careth for you this morning. At the end of the service, we're going to have a time for prayer. This table is set before us today. Paul, every week, he meticulously cleans the trays. He fills the cups of juice, which are in the middle of the the tray there. That's representative. It's the blood of Jesus. It's not the blood of Jesus, but it represents that. It signifies that for us as Christians. And as we partake of that cup of juice, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. You see, in in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish. We will not perish. We've got the joy of having everlasting life. Whosoever believe in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what that part of the table represents. And inside these here, would the brethren come forward, please? As you move the thing forward, inside the little trays at each side, there's little pieces of bread, and it represents his body that was broken for us. And this morning, as I've laid out what Jesus can do for you, he gave so that you and I may have eternal life. He did it. The only reason he did it is because he loved us. And he loved us enough to go through all the obstacles and all the things because he cared for you this morning. You can't leave this place today and say, well, nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Because I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. And Jesus cares for you. First Corinthians 11, verse 23. In your Bible and in my Bible, we can read, For I have received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In verse 28, it says this, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is our opportunity 
to examine ourselves. Hallelujah. Before the Lord. I can't examine you. I have enough ado to examine myself. Not my responsibility. I can just encourage you. I can just tell you what the Bible says. And that's what I'm doing this morning. When I was really sick with my heart trouble, I would take the bread and I would place it on the place in my body that would ail me. And I would do that very often because what I'm doing is I'm saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Thank you, Lord, for going out of your way for me, for the sacrifices that you went through for me because you loved me. And I'd place the bread there and I'd give him thanks. You know, because there's healing in the blood of the Lamb. There's healing. There's healing in this cup. And this is your opportunity. This is not my table. It's our table. As Christians, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart and life, it's your opportunity to have communion with the Lord. This is a special time for us as Christians. And that's why we hold it so dearly. If you've got a need today, whisper to the Lord. He knows your voice. Speak to him. He hears your heart cry. He knows all about you, just like he did with a woman. He felt the power. He realized that she was desperate, and he knew. It's just the same with us today. He'll realize that we are desperate. We're desperate enough to reach out to touch the Lord, and he'll bring us through. So, Father, I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for the word that you gave me. I'm grateful for the anointing of your Holy Spirit today. And I just pray, Lord, as we all close our eyes right now, and as I look to the different ones that need a healing touch in their body, hallelujah, need a touch in their mind and their finances, whatever you need of, if I reach out and I'm, I'm going to point my hand to you, because I know that you're going through the valley, and I know that you need a touch from the Master. And that's the greatest thing that I could ask for you today is for him to intervene and to minister to you. Jesus is the answer for the church and for us today. And as I give him thanks for that wonderful sacrifice he made because he loved me. He loved me. He cared for me. And he loves you and he cares for you. And as you partake this morning, as you take of the bread and drink from the cup, I pray God's richest blessing to be upon you. Speak to him this morning. Let your voice be heard as you commune with your heavenly Father that loves you so much. Amen. There's a peace that comes to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an anchor for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has opened God. And the grave is over with. 
spouse or you just place your hand on that place that heals you I'd like us to repeat this prayer together as a family as a church because I love you all Heavenly Father I call upon you now in a special way it is through your power that I was created every breath I take Every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with the same power. You created me from nothing, therefore you can certainly recreate me. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out anything that's unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infections. Let the warmth of your healing love flow through my body. Make me new. Any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. Father, restore to me full health in mind and body so that I might serve you the rest of my life. I ask this through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Pray that prayer with me today. I pray that the Lord will touch you and heal you. Hallelujah. From the top of your head to the sole of your very feet. 
I pray that prayer this morning for my sister Gwen. She needs a completed miracle. Hallelujah. I appreciate all your prayers for her and for the family, and I covet that you'll continue to pray for her. And as we come together on Tuesday night, just to have special prayer for her and for the family and for others that are in need on Tuesday, from 7 till about 8, we're going to have communion together as a church, and we're going to fellowship, and we're going to look to Jesus. That's our only hope, is to look to Jesus. He's a miracle-working God, and I serve a God of miracles this morning. I thank each and every one of you for coming today, and I ask the Lord just to bless you and undertake for you in every area of your life, whatever you've need of today. I know my God is able, more than able, to meet your every need. In Jesus' name, amen.